Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Mindful Talk. Misty and I are here today to have a conversation about aging parents. Hi, Misty. Mm. Hi. Uh, This is such a hard topic. Like, I think there's probably a lot of us that are on here that are starting to notice changes in our parents. And it's just strange. And I don't think there's any other way to explain it. It's also, it feels sad and that's really hard sometimes. Um, But I'm glad that we're having this conversation because it's something I've struggled with in losing my dad. And then now just having my mom and knowing she's aging, you know, and I'm sure you've felt that over the years as well. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, of course, nobody's uh, nobody's getting out of here alive, you know, like <laughs> I say that jokingly, but also in all seriousness, um, nobody's getting out of here alive is the ultimate truth of all of it. And, um, you know, I, I notice it a lot, like when I turn 40 or I turn 45 and my dad is like, I can't believe I have a 45 year old daughter, you know, like just. And I, I feel that when my kids, my son's about to be 16, I'm like, wait, if he's 16, that means I'm not 25 anymore. You know, it's like all these big milestones that remind you, oh, another decade has passed, right? Um, my mom was a practicing uh, Tibetan Buddhist, Her the part of her life that I was worse as long as she was alive when I was around. And I remember she would say to me, um, Tibetan Buddhism is really just the practice of learning how to die well. Um, and, and prepare for death, which sounds so kind of morbid, like, why would you live preparing for death? But what they mean is, um, it's that concept almost of living as though it's your last day on earth. Like what really matters to you in this life? How do you want to live? Like, if you knew you had a year to live, what would you do? Right. So instead of it being some morbid thing, it's actually a really beautiful reflection. And she lived that way. Absolutely. To the fullest. That's so awesome. That really is a great way to live. Um, I, you know, had, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like me that have different kinds of relationships with their parents, not always happy go lucky, um, not always linear, sometimes like a roller coaster. And I had a lot of, I don't think it was resentment, it was anger. And it wasn't until I was 30. And I specifically remember this kind of letting some of that go and more it turning into curiosity, because I think at that point I was starting to learn like, oh, you do make mistakes when you're an adult (laughs) and it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to make mistakes. And perhaps people need to be forgiven for their mistakes. You know, I was kind of starting to work through that and realize that my parents were real people 
and not just my parents. And so once I started letting go of that anger, that came curiosity and learning to um, kind of embrace them as people and who they are because they're not changing. And I think for a long time, I kind of wanted them to be the way I wanted them to be. And that just wasn't them. And the truth is they both loved me, love me, and um, they're good people. And I actually, it, as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate how much I I am like both of them. And it's not so bad. And I used to kind of not want to have some of those qualities, but some of those qualities, some of the other qualities are really good and they are in me as well. And so that for me has come with age. And when I think about aging parents, I'm an aging parent now and it's changing me in the way I interact with my parents. It's really crazy. And I, do, I don't think that you have to have kids to have that perspective. That probably does come a lot with age. But what I've learned is if I were in my parents' shoes and, or, you know, when my kids are older, how do I want them to treat me? Do I want them to hold me accountable for the things I did when I was, you know, 25 and stupid? Or do I want them to realize that I'm a human and I make mistakes and I age and I grow and I change? So I think it's, um, I'm, I'm happy that I feel like I'm setting a better, better example of how to age and accept your parents, mm -hmm. because I think it is really hard and you only get one, you only get you know, the set, that's it. There's no more. And I think once I finally learned that, then I was like, okay, I, I'm ready to accept them. And sadly, I only had, you know, 10 years with my dad before he passed away. And that I'm sure you can agree is a huge wake up call to, oh my gosh, now I have one. And, and so I'm, I'm very like on my mom about making sure she takes care of herself and her health and things like that. Um, because I've only got one left. So, mm -hmm. but she has never really wanted to age gracefully either. And so it wasn't really set up for me to age gracefully. I do feel like I'm constantly telling myself like aging is just a part of living, like what you said. Yeah, totally. It's a part of living and I'm starting to see aging as such an honor because not everybody gets to. And I, I really realize that, you know, as my skin starts to change and my face, I'm like, yeah, but look, look at the life I have, you know, and what an honor that I can have these laugh lines and these smile lines. And it's just a testament to, to, to my life and my story. I remember when I started to see my parents as people instead of just parents, it was early for me. It was like early twenties. Um, you know, so much about you changes when you go to college, of course, and get out in mm -hmm. the world. And I was like 21, 22, and they just stopped being like the dynamic of child parent will always be there, but they stopped being just parents. And I stopped being just the child. And um, they've always had a deep respect for me and never treated me um, as if I was some dumb kid and didn't know and was making bad life choices. They never did that to me. And so I think early I was able to show that equal respect back to them. Um, but you're right. It's funny about like the dynamic when it's, you're the kid and they're the parent, there's an expectation from the, 
the kid, I mean, us as adult kids, right? This expectation that they should always do the right thing. But now that I'm 45, I'm like, oh, right. I don't always do the right thing. I will never always do the right thing. And that, that perspective kind of changes that, oh, right. We're just all people trying to do the, the best we can with the tools we've got is pretty much the gist of it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really hard when you watch. So I was raised a lot of my life by my grandparents. So I've had the unique perspective of going through a lot of the aging early, right. For watching someone age early. And so like when I was in high school, my grandparents both had dentures, right. And they'd leave their dentures, not my mom, but my Paul would leave his dentures all over the house. And so signs of aging for me showed up really early, but they were also very, um, the very, like they got active is I guess the word I was looking for. They were very active and they didn't look old. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've always been given an example of hard work, staying, like moving, keep on doing things. My grandmother's 85 and she still line dances like twice a week. So I think aging is all like, it's just how you look at it, like what you said. And I think that it's really important as our parents get older, that we really focus on learning more about them. Like I've really tried, we were just talking about this before the ancestry.com thing. So I recently did like the DNA thing. Actually, I did the DNA ancestry like a couple of years and it keeps adding to it every time people add to it. And it's just been really interesting because as the family history's grown on there and I've learned about things, I've discussed it with my family and, you know, it's interesting to learn about their perspective of that and what they know about that, because it's not anything I've ever even been told or heard about. So I think a good, um, a really good mindful practice. And I'm actually, now that I'm talking about this, I'm going to do this when we get off the phone is kind of stepping back and asking some of those questions to your parents, if you can, you know, and just curiosity and what was it like when they were a kid and who was their grandparents and did they stay with their grandparents in the summer? What was their favorite thing to do when they were a kid? They even make books for those things. I'm not diving that deep and like asking all of those questions, but I do think it starts conversations that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's even a company, it's not called storyboard. I thought that's what it was called, but it's an app or something and you can buy, I don't know how much it is. You can buy the membership, maybe it's what you're saying, and you send it to certain people and there's questions that they get to write about and it saves it and creates this book, which is so sweet. I, um, my dad is a writer. He writes every day oh, wow. a lot. And, um, for a while I'll probably start it up again at a certain time, but I would create a little piece of art out of a question and send it to him in the mail. Like maybe it's a watercolor with a very specific question on it. And he has written me like pages and pages and pages based off these questions. And I, I have them all. Oh my god! Yeah. And it's stuff that I never would have known about if I hadn't um, sent him the question, you know? Wow. So we were going to do the, the program I was just telling you about, but you know, then somebody has your story somewhere in the internet. And so we just decided to do it kind of old school and send the question through the mail and he would write it up and then send it to me in the mail. Yeah. 
Well, and I mean, it does, if you're listening and I mean, this is what I plan on doing. I'm just going to text my mom and ask her a question. Mm -hmm. And it's like just opening that dialogue. And probably she's going to be like, why is Misty asking me this question? But then it's like, I'm curious. I want to know about these things. And I'm sorry if I didn't do a better job of learning about this along the way, you know, and that's what I hope to do better with my kids is probably my husband gets tired of it, but I'm constantly sharing stories with my kids um, about growing up and my friends and where I've traveled and just funny stories so that they have those. Um, Because I want them to remember constantly that I'm a person at the end of the day. Yes, I'm their mom, but I'm a person and people make mistakes and they say the wrong things. They do the wrong things. And so hopefully those stories help them, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I had the, the privilege of knowing my mom was sick for like 10 years before she died. And I say privilege because I was young when she died, like 20 something. Um, I knew she was really sick, but she was still living a very full life. And I was able to decide every day that if this was the last thing I said to her, that she would never question how much I loved her, you know? And I, I continue that today with my dad and my stepmom, both of whom I adore and love so much. Um, you know, no one's getting out of here alive. Like I'm very realistic about that. And they're both doing well and super healthy and active. And, um, but you know, everyone has their thing that they're dealing with, of course, health wise. Um, And that includes both of them. And I just, you know, I want them to, to know every time that there's no question about how I feel. And I, I just, I don't want to leave anything hanging with them. We don't have anything unresolved. I mean, the relationship is very clean and clear, but I just want them to know how I feel all the time, you know, and I, I think they do. Um, And that's part of, of me practicing um, just these transitions of people's lives of like, what do I want to leave them with, you know, and, and just not leaving anything unresolved or open or anything like that. I think it's a really beautiful practice. I agree with you. And I, I know, cause I'm, I'm not like Lauren, I didn't have, you know, my life was kind of over the board and help with my grandparents and with my mom and my mom was remarried. And so it was kind of turbulent in that respect, but I know that through my own work, it's not anybody but me through my own work. I came to a place of understanding of their people. They made mistakes moving on because I got two of them. Now I got one and I'm not, I would hope that my children would forgive me for those things too. And that I feel like helps them age better knowing or age more gracefully knowing that their children and their family accept them for who they are, you know? Yes, totally, totally. And with the parents, with our parents, it's like, whether the situation is is pretty good and always has been like mine, or if it's been a little more twisty and turny, like Missy's at a certain point, at a certain age, like at least the age Misty and I are at, Misty and I are at we are creeping toward um, middle-aged. I mean, we are full-blown adults, even though sometimes I think we feel like we're still teenagers in certain ways. What? But like, 
at a certain point, we have to either tell our parents they did a great job, thank you so much, or in some way express to them, um, like I'm letting you off the hook, you know, mm -hmm. like this life now needs to become mine and I'm ready to, to let you off the hook or work through if it's something bigger that needs to be worked through. I mean, there's no cookie cutter way to do this, but at some point it's, we've got to stop, um, letting our childhood inform so much of our, of our current moment and of our future, whether it means letting them off the hook, getting to therapy, right. Getting to trauma therapy, like something's got to start to shift. Or if it's just telling our parents, thank you. Thank you so much for everything you did for me. I'm good. You did a good job. You know, I will tell you if you're in a boat right now where you're like, my gosh, you know, I have an aging parent. I don't have a relationship with them, or it's not a great relationship. The best thing that you can do is start with yourself. That's what I did. Start with yourself, start your mindfulness practice, start sitting, start meditating. Those things will start like what you said, the perspective you gain and the self-awareness you gain. Suddenly you start to see things a little bit differently. You know, I saw, now I can see my mom as a single mom with a kid who had ADHD and was crazy hyper and a mom that helped her out. You know, that's actually a blessing um, because she was young and I was a lot and she had a mom that could help, you know? And yeah. so I can look at that in a different lens, but that lens came from my mindfulness practice. Yeah. And I think that if you're in that boat right now, that is exactly where I would recommend starting, mm -hmm. um, for any relationship for that matter, but healing relationships, as you kind of get to that point where you know that your parents are aging and you would like to make a difference because, None of us want to, I mean, my dad, when he was last year, my dad passed away and he was, he had atrial fibrillation. He was very sick and he ended up having a stroke and then he was in the hospital for a while. And it, then, you know, we had to take him off life support and it was two and a half months of awfulness. And through that, I was able to talk to him and really forgive him for any and all things tell him that I loved him. And I didn't feel like it was too late um, because I think he was ready to go and I was okay with that for him. But at the same time, I wish that I would have had that mindful practice five years before that so that I could have had more time with him. Um, yeah. So I say all that to say, don't be regretful because <laughs> regret is no fun. And I don't beat myself up about it. I don't, you know, anything like that. I just know that my mindful practice could change that. And now I know moving forward, how to make that make, mend those relationships that weren't where they were supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It definitely takes practice and experience, doesn't it? I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. And you know, we've, we've done an episode on forgiveness before, but it is a huge part of it too. Like, like even forgiving that person, to set yourself free if that's needed. It doesn't mean that you are okay with what happened yeah. or how they treated you or the mistakes they made. You're not excusing it. Um, but at some point for your own heart and your own healing, there's got to be a level of forgiveness because, because otherwise it's just holding on to something that will turn into regret possibly, or just deep pain, you know, it's hard. And we won't get into forgiveness right now, but 
you know, you could start the process and it might take a couple of years, but it is part of saying goodbye to somebody, you know, I forgive you. I set you free. I, I let you off the hook for all of that. And, um, you know, well, thanks for letting me share. I don't mean, I mean, obviously I'm a human, so it's my parent. And of course I get teary eyed. Um, but I say all that really, I'm very passionate about it because I think that if I didn't have a mindfulness practice, I would have never let go of so many things. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been more open to understanding their side of the story. And I wouldn't have gotten to where I was with my dad and had that short amount of time that I did before he passed away. Yeah. That's, you can mend those relationships, but it probably has to start with you, especially being that, and I don't mean this anything to the, the next generation, but we have a lot more tools in our toolbox than they did. And there, you know, my dad was a stubborn Southern man, you know, and there wasn't much changing that, but I had the ability to change and I had the ability to change my mindset and, and therefore our path, which is awesome. So as your parents age, you kind of do have to take the driver's seat at some point, which is kind of crazy because they're the parent and they're supposed to be driving, you know, but at some point my kids will take over. Do you know what I mean? And so I've, I've kind of learned that and I feel much better about that. Well, it's, it's that dynamic we talked about earlier of you realizing, oh, I too am the adult here. You know, I'm no longer 10 years old or whatever age you feel like you're stuck at in that dynamic with your parents. Like, yes, what you know matters, what you say matters. Like you have your own life and you're coming to this situation in this day as a, as an adult, you know, and that means taking responsibility for how you want that, um, that relationship to ultimately end, you know, and, you know, knowing that sometimes, um, you can't always make it end the way that you want, of course, too, but you do your best. And I, I can tell by listening to your story, like you're not living with a bunch of regret because of that decision you made, to change that dynamic in the short amount of time you had. And that's everything to live with this relationship, how it's living now in your body and in your memory, your heart, you know? I agree. I think that a good homework is if you have a good relationship with your parents or a relationship, reach out to them after this, after you hear this, tell them you love them, ask them a great question, something about their childhood, pique some interest, have start the conversation. And if you don't, go sit down and just sit and maybe visualize your parents and see what emotions come up. And they might not be fun because they were not fun for me for a long time, but it's a starting point. And the more you sit and the more you think through that, the more some of that will let go. And, and, and on the question homework, which I love, even if you don't have the best relationship with your parents, but you're still in each other's lives and you are still in communication. I almost want to say, ask them one of those questions also, one of those bigger life questions, because it might give perspective about why they're the way they are. And and sometimes when we really get to know what a person is about beyond the role of parent, there's a big hit of enlightenment or awareness or perspective that you could get that would possibly be really healing. So, um, learning more about somebody is always, I think a healing, a healing, uh, endeavor. I agree. I think that's an awesome addition to the homework. 
Well, I really appreciate you guys being here today. I appreciate you, Lauren. It's like therapy. I feel so much better. I'm going to text my mom after, tell her I love her. Um, And I really appreciate you guys. And just know that whatever your relationship with your parents are, um, you can take the, the driver's seat and you can start working on yourself, which therefore could impact that relationship. And even if it doesn't, it's going to help you. So thanks for listening and we will see you guys very soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.